Hello and welcome to episode 13 of Down the Back of the Sofas, the podcast that embraces everything, not only the shiny new penny you found, but also the half-jude toffee covered in fluff. This episode is a very special one. We're kicking off our alien special. And with me is my good friend, Graham. Hello, sir. How are you doing? Yeah, good. I've not seen and spoken to you for quite a while. I know. It's been wonderful, hasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yes, regrettably, we had to start it up again. <laughs> Indeed. There was a certain inevitability to the whole thing. So. As much as we tried to fight it. <laughs> um, yes, I'm, I'm looking forward to this because we're, we're kicking off our uh, major special that we're going to go through all of the Alien films. Uh, Both of them. this one off. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the two good ones. <laughs> Can we not pretend after that? <laughs> well, there are some. There are some good bits in there. There's the other some ones. great moments. Of course, yeah. I'm joking. The end credits, right? Um, (laughs) (laughs) we had Alien which was released in 1979 by 20th Century Fox, uh, with a runtime of 117 minutes, uh, directed by Sir Ridley Scott. And uh, it was originally... Do you know what it was originally going to be called? Oh, do you know what? I do. But it's gone from my mind. It's it's a crazy, daft title, isn't it? Go on, hit me with it. It just wouldn't have worked. Star Beast. That's right, Star Beast. Yeah. Um, it had a budget of 4.2 million uh, that was doubled to 8.4 when the studio saw Ridley's storyboards. But I mean, it's all there on the screen, isn't it? It's all absolutely there. Uh, it starred so Sigourney Weaver as Ripley, Tom Skerritt as Captain Dallas, John Hurt as Kane, Veronica Cartwright as Lambert, Ian Holm as Ash. Yafit Koto as Parker, Harry Dean Stanton as Brett, and Helen Horton as the voice of mother. Uh, and also, we can't, you know, not say his name, but obviously the Swiss artist H.R. Giger, who obviously that's where the, the alien design came from. The whole design concept, yes. But of yeah. course, you are missing out the person who actually played the alien. Uh, yes. As well. Who, I just, because I couldn't pronounce his name. Oh, okay, fair <laughs> enough. I'll have a go. 
you have a go. I'll say Balaji Badeo. Yes. How's that? Yes. That's very good. And who, he was who, who he was, was just found he, in a pub. That, that's he? right. He was spotted in London, wasn't he? And, and they thought that guy's a perfect shape because he was incredibly tall and incredibly skinny. Which uh, and and seemed to look and move like an alien physically, and they thought that guy he'll be the one. Well, it was going to be. There was a potential that Peter Mayhew was up for the role as well, <laughs> <laughs> which would have been weird because Harrison Ford turned down the role of Captain Dallas. Really, I didn't know that. Yeah, good lord. So you could have seen Chewie kill Han Solo. In a vent, <laughs> which would be weird. <laughs> or, or, or um, would you? Did he kill Dallas? Ah, uh, that's true. Oh, that's true. Oh, yes. yeah, oh spoiler yeah. alert! Yeah, spoiler 20, alert. 20, 24 years later, that that would have come into question. <laughs> uh, oh God, is it that long? It, it, it was between the between the theatrical release and the director's cut. It was twenty four years. Oh. The the director's cut this... was two thousand and three. I read something as well that when it came out uh, 4K, there were some other scenes added into it, but he never, never sort of updated it as a newer director's cut. Well, funny enough, I I actually looked this up because I wanted to be 100 percent sure what the differences were between the theatrical release and the director's cut. And of course, famously, the director's cut is, you know, which you would think you add bits in, is a minute shorter than the theatrical release, and that and that's because. He added in loads of stuff that ended up on the cutting room floor that he felt would add value for the for the discerning fan, but then felt that that made the whole thing too long. So he took out some of the extended scenes of corridors and things like that that were sort of establishing the tension. He took those out in order to get straight to the action. So there's actually more from the theatrical cut missing from the director's cut than there is added to the director's cut. So, uh, yeah, quite interesting. So, do we want to get on to the uh, the movie? Let's do We've it. We've got some little tidbits we can bring up as we go. But um, So, basically, again, it's this film for me. I remember, I remember seeing it at my aunt's house. It was on the television. That's the first time I ever saw it. You must be up late. I was what? Yeah, I was watching it. I think we was on holiday, so obviously I was allowed to to, to stay up late. I remember watching most of it through my fingers. Mm, absolutely. <laughs> and uh, and I think um, I remember going back to school and seeing somebody with the figure, the very large alien figure ah. that was available at the time. Now that's quite expensive. Now it seemed to it's very easily to break. So a decent one that's boxed and everything goes for about a thousand pounds now. Limey. Uh but so so you see you see uh toys of Robocop and stuff like that. you think, Well no, no, why is that for kids? And yet it's nineteen seventy nine, nineteen eighty, they had alien figures. Now the funny thing was in it's sort of culturally like that, I don't think I was that aware of it. Um it was more sort of getting into the early 80s and the 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 first thing that I became aware of it was I I, I was on holiday and they brought out a sort of an A4 sized book or magazine sized book called Alien the Illustrated Story which I'm sure you've got and I saw that on holiday 
and being a big comic fan, I thought, oh, okay, that that, that looks interesting. And I I don't think I was that aware of the film until I I bought that. But also, my sister then bought the novel, which of course was by Alan Dean Foster, who used to do all the adaptations back then. And having read the graphic novel, I was absolutely terrified of this book on her bookshelf and 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 you know it was that funny thing where part of me wanted to read it but part of me thought i, d- I don't want to go anywhere near that because it's going to give me nightmares yep there it is there is the uh the uh illustrated story and um and yeah it was uh it, it, it was sort of i mean it, it kind of without wanting to bury the lead um this Sort of probably for our generation who weren't old enough to go and see it at the cinema, this movie really got its reputation from one scene, which is the one scene we all wanted to see, which obviously we will get to. But I'm sure everybody listening to this will know what that one scene is. And and so you know it was kind of you know seeing it for the first time was all building up to that scene. Everything was a you know was a prelude to oh my god we've got and, and when you were there you were like oh my god and, and like you it's kind of watching it through fingers you know it's um yeah it was uh, it was amazing but no the sort of at at the time when it came out I I don't think I was that aware of it funny enough right no I think um, <clears throat> as I say I, I'm trying to think how how old I was it could have been I don't know how long it would have took to come on TV obviously like a big premiere thing could have been around christmas time i don't know but it's like 80 80 81 something like that something like that so now i i can remember watching it my dad taped it off the telly and it, we're probably talking about 82 and it was one of these things it was and it had adverts it was obviously on itv and it was probably the itv like 1040 film or something you know and my dad had taped it on his it's probably a betamax and I, I was off school on holiday and my dad had given me a key to his house and said if you want to pop around with your friends and you can watch it but whatever you do don't tell your stepmom yeah and yeah, yeah. so we all went round but and I can remember it must be 1982 because and sorry if this gets morbid but my nan had recently died and my nan had bad hips and so she had a chair like an armchair but it had a remote control where it would push you into an upright position. You know, it would sort of right. lean forward to to allow yes, us to get yes. out of the chair. Yep. So my memory of watching Alien for the first time is sitting in this chair and making it go up and down as I'm watching Alien. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. And so, yeah, that, I mean, that, that was my first experience. And I always think of myself in this chair just going... Mm. <laughs> up and down watching Alien oh lord I mean the, the generations today they won't have that because they can just watch anything they want at any time absolutely and I know I've, yeah. I've invested in that too much and, and but but yeah those memories that we make when we've seen something for the first time is, is brilliant well I think yeah movies were probably a bit more special back there because you had to work to see them whereas now as you say you, I mean you know, ten-year-olds in my son's class at school have all seen Squid Game. Yeah. You know, which which you know for for us back then would have probably meant a pirate video and all piling around somebody's house after school and watching it and being absolutely terrified. Was now it's you know it's it's ten a penny, it's isn't it? Norm, so, yeah. yeah, iconic titles. Oh, 
So the so first thing I, I have written down. Iconic uh, yeah. titles building the word. But exactly the same. I've got haunting sound as the camera moves across empty space of a very quiet, cold planet. All the while, the word alien is forming in stark white contrast against everything else. The black background, absolutely. Yeah. But but yeah, I I had written down sort of, and 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 it's recurring theme throughout this music. The music is very peaceful. You know, it 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 doesn't suggest what's to come. It's almost yes. lulling you into a false sense of security, isn't it? And one thing that I wanted to ask you, and I could have looked it up, but I thought I'll, I'll, I'll check with you. Who who did the um, soundtrack? Jerry Goldsmith. Oh, cool. And I'm thinking they they because this has always been sort of kind of positioned with like jaws in space, and I'll tell you the reasons why a little bit later. But from a music point of view. It doesn't. It's not the same because obviously the music was a preemptor to say the jaw. You know, the, the shark is coming. Yeah, and they used that obviously when suddenly it would attack without that music. Yeah. Whereas this is very, it is. It's very sort of soft and it, it doesn't give you any Absolutely. idea of what's going to happen no. next. And it allows, None at all. if anything, I think there's there's not a lot of music when the when the attacks actually happen. It's the rest of the film has it, but when the when the deaths happen in the film, there isn't any music at all. I don't think. I mean, the one yeah. moment that struck me when there was loud wee type music was when Ripley has Jones at the end and he's going to the shuttle and the alien is mm. in the is in the thing and when she turns around and looks and sees the alien, that's sort of the one big musical jump scare sort of, yes. kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, we're we're getting ahead of ourselves there. I apologise. No, I, <laughs> I know you just want to get. I know which bit you want to get to, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> so commercial towing vehicle, the Nostromo, uh, crew of seven, cargo refinery processing twenty million tons of min- mineral ore, uh, and the course is they're returning to Earth. Now, the Nostromo had some different names before it got that. It was <laughs> don't know why, but one of them was Snark. Ah! And, and another one was Leviathan. Mm, but, okay. Yeah, I'd yeah. rather. I, I like the one we've got. Absolutely. Um, we then see a bit of a Star Wars underbelly of the ship as it's going forward, and we go into deserted corridors. Uh, and the set, I think, was built quite claustrophobic. It was all one set, wasn't it? Right. You know, you, you didn't have very much room. You couldn't just. You couldn't just walk through. Um, and, and come out of the set. You had to go round everywhere uh, before you could actually come out. Right. Okay. So it was... And it was quite low as well. Uh, I mean, uh, um, uh, Yafet was six foot four. Yes. I mean, he, he was time, a beast. You could see him towering he, over. Him, yes. Everybody. He sort. He sort of has to bend down. He has to stoop most of the time going through most of the set. Yeah. But that was done in a way to try and build up that claustrophobic fear. Absolutely. Of I can't get out. I, I want to get out, but I can't. I've got to go through all this before I can actually get out of the set. Yeah. And one thing you have to say is the design still stands up. I mean, you watch a lot of um, a lot of sort of sci-fi from that era, and of course, with the technology we have now, it looks very dated. But apart from obviously the computer monitors, which are still the black screen kind of thing, you know, yeah. which obviously we've 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 long since moved on for, but. But, you know, everything else hasn't dated at all. It still looks... Because, of course, 
it it's kind of futuristic but in a worn way you know it it, yes. it was sort of supposed to look worn and dated for then and and I, it, it still stands up and it still makes me think of the alien isolation game you know because the the, the whole style of, of of the design is just so iconic and walking and walking through that in vr is is something to behold because you you get to see all that up close and realize how much detail and it's it's helped me watch the film in a totally different way because I'm make I'm you know as you've, quickly as you you've go been in it. This, I mean, <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so again, we see um, those drinking birds. Yes, which seem to crop the, up in a the, lot of with them. the, with the bobbing heads. Yeah, was that quite? I, 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 I sort of got a slight feeling. Were they quite a big thing in the seventies and they, stuff? Like that? They were a big thing. My sister had one of those. Yeah. Um, and it was because it had liquid in it you only had to tip it once and it would go for or, you know what felt like hours uh, just hours, just non-stop yeah. you know <clears throat> and 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 yeah and uh, i mean one thing that struck me is because the bird obviously they've been in hypersleep for a long time the birds are still moving but also you've got a bit where you pan past some papers sort of ra- sort of rustling in a in a breeze and it always made me think where's where's the breeze coming from and and i get the breeze that happens when the hypersleep chamber door opens because you would have yes. a release of air that's been stored in yep. there but but yep. it's sort of you know you would think you know it's sort of odd and it kind of almost gives gives a scale to the ship whereby you know you can get movement of air through it still because it is so vast um yeah but also but, as well there's a little bit with before the confrontation between uh, Ripley and and, um, and Ash the camera pulls away from them and hits one of the bouncy sort of little toys right. the spring and that I've always thought because he seems to look over see that and then throw her over in that direction <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking did you mean to do that? Mm-hmm. I mean it's these little bits where you think mm, okay yeah, I'll go yeah. with it <laughs> Um, you got some su- nice little subtle, again, subtle sound effects, and the ship seems to wake up uh, because it's obviously got this signal from yeah. somewhere. Oh, and and, uh, and the thing that I love about that is obviously the signal's coming through on a screen, but you see it reflected in the visor of a helmet, don't you? Which I think is yeah. a lovely touch. Absolutely yes, fantastic. Nice. Really like that. I mean, uh, you mean apart from the <laughs> bit at <of> the end? <laughs> <laughs> Which always makes me giggle. <laughs> oh, you're so classy. <laughs> the fart sound is the bit of that scene yes, that entertains you the most. <laughs> not production values, not the thing. Exactly. That one little Just tiny bit. <laughs> the end of the transmission. Yeah. yeah. Oh, dear. <laughs> So yeah, so they've they've got this signal, uh, which makes the ship or mother wake the crew up, and we get to see them in quite a contrasting sterile 
room where they've obviously been in hypersleep and stuff and apparently the female uh, the, 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 the actors had to wear little patches over their nipples in case they were seen in, in, in that scene to, oh, yeah. in case it went to other countries I that's see. why you get that's why most of the, the male actors are at the front yes yeah that's right because yeah it's sort of Ripley and Lambert are obviously at the back because you don't see them you know you just see yeah. the others yes yeah interesting and I think and it's quite touching it's a nice little way we get to see the crew talking together having something to eat and drink um which I prefer to the um covenant of throwing up in a bowl or Prometheus <laughs> throwing up in a in a Tupperware because yeah. they've just been it's like no we don't need to see that yeah <laughs> no, I, I, I just love you know straight off the bat you've got the rapport between the characters and I think that that is the hardest stuff to produce genuinely um, on on a movie because you can have the script, you can have all the big speeches and all of the exposition and and all of the various chats, but it's just the meaningless banter and rapport between characters that I think is very hard to genuinely reproduce. And I think the actors do a fantastic job. And I don't know how much of it is uh, improvised or if it was all scripted, but it 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 it's entirely genuine. It it really does, you know, sort of tell tell you immediately what these characters are going to be like. I am cold. Still with us, Brett? Hey. Yeah. Oh, yes. so dead. Anybody ever tell you you look dead? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, right. I just forgot something, man. Uh, before we dock. I think we ought to discuss the bonus situation. Right. Brett and right. I, we think we ought to, we deserve full shares, right? right you see, Mr. Park and I feel that the bonus situation has never been on a, an equitable level. Well, you get what you contracted for like everybody else. Yes, but everybody else uh, gets more than us. Oh, so. mother wants to talk to you. Uh, yes, uh, you know, lights from my eyes only. I did read that uh, there was a fair amount that was um, just made up right. at the time between them all. Uh, and you've got a nice little comic, comedic sort of moments as well with the raid, you know, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Then you start... <clears throat> I don't know whether I started immediately caring about these people because obviously I've seen the film so many times, but I do care about these characters mm. from the off. And you also get a very good class distinction between all of them as yes, well. Yes, absolutely. You know, and um, when they're sitting in their consoles, when they realise they're not where they should be, mm. they had it set up so... When one person threw a switch, a set of lights with somebody else turned on and off. Right. And they made this up where they could pretend to do a process where one of them would talk about it and do the light, and then the other one would get the lights on and talk about something else. And they had this lovely little bit going on when mm. they was there. And I think it was this scene where the original actor who was who was who John Hurt replaced was suddenly very ill during the first couple of days of shooting. Um, he, I think he had diabetes or something, and he didn't know about it. He suddenly looked really a strange colour, and okay. Ridley said, look, mate, you're all right. And he said, no, I, I don't feel very well. And then uh, he sort of managed to get John Hurt, because John Hurt, I think, was um, <clears throat> asked to play it, but had a scheduling conflict. Right. So he had to turn it down. Um, so... It, I suppose it all works out not very well for the other actor obviously getting diabetes but obviously he was 
he got to actually play the the character that he was he was meant to play, and such an iconic one that he mm. was always remembered for. I mean, he, he's always a big actor for the likes of um, Harry Potter and um, the Elephant Man and stuff like that. But obviously, yeah. iconic was was this character. Yeah. <clears throat> yes. Yeah, so during that meeting, uh, Dallas is summoned to Mother. This lovely sparkly white room with all these lights, these little lights which flickering do, about, yeah, yes, which you do get to see in Alien Isolation, which is quite, it's yes. quite, it's like, oh, I'm in it, I'm in it, yeah, and yeah. Um, quite an old-fashioned keyboard. Even though he talks when he's doing it, yes, he's obviously got to type all that in, yeah, rather than just say it like you would, even like now with, yeah, with the the, the stuff we've got. Um, but he he obviously knows a certain amount that there's a signal and. We've got to investigate, but he's not privy to the fact that there's certain other factors that are there as well, which we find out later on. Absolutely. Um, so the crew realise that they're not where they should be. Right? Okay. Plug us in. Thank you. Where is Earth? You should know. It's not our system. It's gone. Contact traffic control. They invest. They and now I think when we hear the signal, that's in the director's cut. It wasn't in the original. Um, right. Okay. So and I quite like the fact that we hear it. It doesn't <clears throat> doesn't really add that much but I I would miss it if it wasn't there mm. if you know what I mean yeah, yeah. it makes sense for us to hear it yeah yeah and um, during this little get together there's a an argue over the bonus um, with the fact that uh, Brett and Parker yeah Parker sort of decide well no it's not my job why should I and Ash <laughs> knows all of the <laughs> the little uh Crossing the T's and dotting the I's, which yes. kind of makes sense. The when contractual you find obligations, yes, of the, uh, yes, the job, of, yeah. uh, the job that if you don't do it, you forfeit all your, of your entire bonus. share, yes, monies, yeah, yes, or monies. Um, there's uh, there's some good good graphics when they leave the refinery, which are replicated in Blade Runner. In the cars, the flying cars. Oh. Now Ridley, Ridley Scott has said that he thinks, even though it isn't official, that Alien and Blade Runner share in the same a universe. similar timeline. Yeah, oh, same okay. universe. Because he thinks that when you see uh, Deckard go down and go into that bar, hmm. uh, Taffy's place, that he that somewhere they would go after they finished. If they if they got back okay, that's somewhere they would okay. go. So that's why I think those graphics are very, uh, uh, basically, very exactly the same. Sure, sure. The landing, it's not the most professional, or by the book landings. No, but but <laughs> what I do like about it is, even though on the ship on the um, Nostromo they all have their own task. Dallas is the captain calling the shots. Ash is the science officer. Kane and Lambert are obviously the pilots. Um, Brett and Parker, the maintenance guys, Ripley's third officer. Um, but they all play a part 
inland in the ship. They're all in, you know, they're all in seats strapped in and they're all calling various bits about it. With and I like the idea of that because you would think, you know, for for a ship the size that they're that that, that they're in, they all have jobs while on board. But when it comes to landing, they that they all play a part. And I thought that was a really clever bit because normally in this sort of thing you have one pilot and they land it and everybody else is around talking about it. But but they were all actively playing a part, which I which I really really appreciated. <laughs> Locked and floating. Drops any time now. We'll catch it. All right, initial damping's going off. Hold on, people. There's going to be a little bump. Russia dropping in deck three, must have lost a shield. Let's go with it. Yeah, the Nostromo is meant to be about 800 feet long, and the refinery part that they leave behind is meant to be like a mile, a mile mm. and a half sure. long. Huge, great big thing. Uh, yeah, and I've, <laughs> I've written here, they go for a Sunday constitutional. Because obviously they've found out <laughs> that they can walk on it, Yeah, <laughs> and it's got enough gravity for them to not just fly away. Yeah. Um, and obviously the Lambert character is not very happy when Kane says, oh, yeah, we'll go. Let's have a look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because um, Kane, Kane volunteers, doesn't he? And then Dallas yes. says, right, it'll be you, me and Lambert then. And Lambert's like, oh, great. Yeah, so... Uh, yeah. <laughs> because because <laughs> she, she is sort of the archetypal coward of the piece, isn't she? She's just, you know, constantly yeah. terrified about everything. Um, uh, it's interesting the way... Uh, I think there was the there was a couple of um, relationship points that were dropped with the fact that um, potentially Ripley was sleeping with Dallas, but there was also the thing where Lambert was sleeping with Parker. Oh, okay. And there's some of those bits where <clears throat> where. Parker says, you know, I'd rather be eating something else, you know, at least you know what he's made of. And you see Lambert look at him and smile. Oh, okay. She's not, she's disgusted by it, but she smiles back at him. Right. And I wonder if they kept some little bits that they thought, well, that's ambiguous enough, it doesn't matter. But that was behind the scenes that could have actually happened. Mm. And I, I quite like that. And again, that makes me sort of, um, you know, like the characters even more. So yeah, yeah, it sort of humanises the characters even more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, ah, yeah, it was this point where, again, I think... No, I'll come back to uh, what I was going to say in a minute. Uh, there's a bit where we see Ash. He goes into his little his little room, his little Are you going to say jogging on the seat. spot? Yes. That, that's yes. the next thing I have written down here. <laughs> Ian Home running on the spot. <laughs> it's great quite a violent. It's a little violent. Why does he feel the cold? Uh, he, what, what, what you mean? Why is he running on the spot? Yeah, I'm, I'm just curious because well, obviously he goes, I, he blows I, into, I, it, I, into I, his hand, doesn't he? So 
I looked, well, I, I picked this up because of the working Joes from Alien Isolation. Because of the working Joes run on the spot. When they stop, uh, you know, and if you're watching them, they suddenly run on the spot. And I can remember reading something about working Joes. And somebody said, why do the working Joes run on the spot? And the answer was, working Joes being artificial they occasionally need to give themselves an extra charge to keep going. And that running on the spot represents them giving themselves a little extra charge, like running a little handheld sort of sort of, sort of, sort of motor thing. There's someone behind you, helping you. Every single step of the way, Seekson and Sevastopol, an outpost of progress. Apollo and the Working Joe, working together for a safer, better connected Sevastopol. Apollo and the Working Joe. And they said this came from the fact that Ian Holm, in the first Alien film, improvised the fact that even though at that stage we didn't know that, that he was not, not, not a real person, he introduced oh, spoiler, oh, spoiler. He, he introduced this little part where where he decided he would do this in order you know and it so it came completely from from ian home it was completely improvised and it was simply to say knowing what my character is going to be revealed to be even though the audience don't yet know it i'm going to do this little thing where i give myself a little charge and i think also when you watch it again his whole character is very much calm well, you know, you've just got to do this, that, and the other. He's set it up. He's not very emotional. Well, so I've got... He, hang on, what did I yeah. write down? I wrote... Bear with me. Ian Home is perfect, cold and distanced. And, 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 and that is, he is, he is logical, he is methodical, he is completely emotionless. He just, he just applies logic to everything. He has his directive, and he's going to follow it, and... Yeah. But... Not only that, because you've already set that character up like that, you wouldn't immediately think when he starts poo-pooing the fact that, you know, well, this is not right, this is not a, uh, um, a help um, a distress this is yeah. not com- a distress, yeah. yeah, this is something this else. This is a warning. Like, well, no, you know, basically by the time we get out there, yeah. they would know whether it's that or not. Exactly. And it's that matter of fact that doesn't sort of go, well, hang on a minute. Yeah. Because, because it's already been established. Yeah. As, but, but, but because it is logical to say, you know, for, for Ripley to say, I'm, I'm going to suit up and go out there. And, 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 and he says, well, by the time you get there, they'll, they'll know if it's a warning or not, which is logical, albeit cold and completely unempathetic, <laughs> um, you know, because, you know, for, for, for reasons which will obviously be later revealed. Why he, but perfect what, for a what, science why, officer. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so you don't question it, which is why the reveal later is still like, oh my God, you know, mm. it's, uh, you know, there was, there, there was one of those among them. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so we, we get to see this fantastic world that's got this ship that's crashed on it and a really weird shape. I've never, I don't really think I've ever seen any ship like it. No, like no. A half a hammer. <laughs> it is an incredible design. It's, uh, it's and the fact that he can actually roll in a straight line is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> we won't go there. No. no, not get, no. We'll save <clears> that <throat> gripe for a later episode. <laughs> <laughs> so they managed to get in the ship. They're, they're, they're looking around. And it's that, that reveal of 
Cain sort of getting up and suddenly seeing this uh, thing that's sitting in the middle of God knows what. We just, we don't don't know what it is, no. and obviously we we've pre- you know we found out later that it was called a space jockey. Yeah, but they didn't know and still don't know what exactly it actually is. Um, but the set was originally denied to Ridley because it was just going to cost too much and they went because it was going to have to be too big yeah too big but also it was said well what's the point and they were saying and they went to the producer and said look this is going to be the Cecil B. DeMille part this is going to be the bit that people are going to go wow and and that is the bit that sets it all up to think this is this is this is what makes it uh, a, a triple A movie not a B movie on a VHS in a bargain bucket yeah which you had previously really it's, it's where science fiction horror yeah sort of came from exactly and again he he managed to make it on a smaller scale and used three children in his spacesuits two of them were, were Ridley's sons and another one was another production person's son so that just made it cheaper which and is amazing again, yeah because no, yeah, when you look incredible. at it you, you you think you, you I just think for years thinking I'm looking at John Hurt. No, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, but it's like I mean you know ingenious stuff. If if you can't make the set bigger, make the actors smaller. I mean that is that is working on the fly, isn't it? That is. Uh... There's a, there's a big thing with the spacesuits though. Um, I was lucky enough to to meet uh, Veronica at one of the comic cons and spoke to her about it, and they she said you know. It was, we were passing out a lot of the time. They had to keep giving us oxygen. But it wasn't until the children started passing out did they actually start doing anything about it and changing the spacesuits. <laughs> but, I mean, the spacesuits have that great design, don't they, where you have the, the steam coming out the top for when they breathe out. You know, it's suddenly... That, that was done with an aerosol, and they said at one point one of them broke and it went inside. Went down. The oh, my God. <laughs> You don't realise how these... I mean, you think actors get paid millions of pounds. You don't realise what they're put up with. Absolutely, they put what, up with what, what they're put dark. through. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just for our entertainment. Um, and, of course, we had that lovely scene where that reveal and the music where Kane is on this line and he just turns around and you see all these eggs. A sea of eggs, literally. A sea of eggs, absolutely fantastic. You just think, oh, because you don't know what they are no. yet. You just think, oh my god, wow, this is, this is huge. Yeah. Do you see anything? I don't know, a cave. A cave, a cave of some sort, but I... Uh, I don't know, but it's like the goddamn tropics in here. What the hell is this? The, um, when he finally gets down, I think the, the blue lasers were nicked from a Who, the Who concert <laughs> that was <laughs> doing stuff next door, <laughs> and that's how they managed to get that lighting effect. Yeah, because it, it was which obviously he... so there's a there's there's a blue light going above the eggs, which is obviously sort of to keep them warm, you know, to keep them um, uh, you know sort of fresh, and so uh, and so yeah, and obviously it's that great scene where. Sort of Kane puts his hand through it, and there's almost like smoke underneath it, isn't it? So, mm. so yeah, we can thank uh, R- Roger Daltrey and Co for that one. Yeah, that's great. 
And of course, there's the cheap. He falls down. Yes, he gets back up again. He's all right. Um, the the eggs. Uh, a lot of the stuff with with everything in this was very much um, biological material. So not plastic, not metal and stuff. I mean, the 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 top of the eggs was was metal. Apparently, it could take it could rip your hand off if you put it in there. The way it opens right. when he's looking into the egg, but the whole of the egg is like um, like sheep's intestines and and all that sort of guts and layers of nice. <laughs> You've obviously got that scene where he you just wouldn't you wouldn't go oh well well do you know what I mean <laughs> you know obviously with hindsight knowing with us knowing what's in there. But I think if you've got all, all these eggs, and of course he shines the light down, and he can see there's something moving inside them because he because he reports back and says, "Oh, you know, there, there's there, there's life Movement. in here," yeah. and then and then suddenly the thing pops open, and I think natural curiosity. You know, you don't think, "Oh, this is going to be some horrible thing that's going to attach itself to my face and plant a plant an egg in my in my chest." Uh, you, you know, I I think you know you would naturally out of out of of just, just inquisitiveness would just oh what's in there and of course you know it's a decision that somewhat came back to haunt him <laughs> <laughs> but I suppose he's the, he's the best character to do that because he is he wanted to go out there yeah he wanted to walk he would be the one who would actually go oh I want yeah. to look at that I mean I'd, everybody I'd, else would go yeah see you later Bye. I should point out I'd, I don't know whether you know of it had heard of it or ever went there in the early 90s, there used to be a thing called the Museum of the Moving Image on the South Bank in London, which was basically movie props and movie things. And there was a thing you could lie down and it would it would sort of green screen you so it looked like you were flying. So you sort of light, laid flat and if you looked at the screen, you were flying through London, you know, so you could pretend to be a superhero and that sort of thing. And, and one of the things I had, just an alien egg, an open alien egg. And I went with my friend Rick. And he just went up and looked in and went, oh, right. And, and I went, oh, blimey. And he went, what? And I said, I, I can't do that. And he goes, what? You, you're not going to have a look? And I said, there's no way I'm putting my face over that thing. <laughs> Even if it's a prop, I'm sorry. I'm not putting my face over that. And I didn't. I wouldn't look into it. <laughs> there's like three, three-year-olds going and looking into it and looking <laughs> yeah, at me and going, what's yeah, wrong with you, you jet? Exactly. Going, you know. But I'm like, yeah, sorry, yeah. I'm not putting my face over that. <laughs> there was a bit in work where we used to work where one of the tiles was missing from the ceiling. And I remember I'd been playing Alien Isolation around oh. about that time and I thought, oh. <laughs> Is that ch- Check <laughs> if anything yeah. drips out of it. <laughs> <Dripping>, yeah. <laughs> So, we have the lovely face hugger. Yes, which is just superb. A perfect design, isn't it? It's just amazing. And, and and of course, this you only see it jumping out. You know, you don't really see it in action. You see it once it's attached to it. When you see them actually moving and scuttling across the floor in Alien, oh, that's when they take on a whole new thing. But just the very idea of this thing that attaches itself. You know, the the whole design. You know, the the egg tube coming out. Let's let's call it the stomach. The legs to wrap around your 
your face, the tail to go round your neck, and and the little pads at the side to to keep your lungs going while it's on you. Perfect design, you know. Whoever did that, absolute work of genius. Just a fantastic design, absolutely horrifying. And you know whether I should be saying this on on a podcast like this, but you know, sort of, you know, the 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 way that it suddenly jumps on you and plants this egg in you. It's very much sort of a rape thing, isn't it? It's you know, it's yes. almost like a you know, you know, you've been, uh, you know, just j- j- just the whole idea of it is utterly, utterly horrifying. But that's why that's exactly what they was thinking at the time, and they wanted to turn this on its head, and that's why the it was first a, it was a man. male, yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely, because they wanted to get away from that and say no, it happens to you know anyone, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Um, they could have chose two legs four legs why did they have to go with eight why yeah. does it have to look like a bloody spider well that's it, 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 <laughs> it, it it's that spider thing and as I say particularly when it in aliens when it's scuttling across Scuttles, the floor yes because it has Eesh. like fingernails yes. so it would you'd hear that on the absolutely yeah. it's coming yeah. across but the last thing you see is oh horrendous absolutely horrendous just, 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 just a brilliant piece of design they were actually meant to be green. Oh, first of okay. All. Yep. And uh, when some of the production people and the producers saw it and saw the original flesh coloured, they went, "No, let's stick with the flesh colour because oh. that looks more frightening." With the fact that it's, it just feels more, again, more biological, more animal, mm. and yep. less futurist, less sort of sci-fi. Yes, alien. Know. Yes. Yes, basically. A green alien. Yeah. That's original, isn't it? Yeah, so exactly. We have that bit where, obviously, they shouldn't have been let in. No. But, obviously, we are finding that, obviously, Ash has a, a different set of priorities. Yeah. 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 Um, so, he... And, obviously... So, you've got Dallas and Lambert are bringing back Kane with this thing now attached to his face. Uh, Dallas actually issues the command to Ripley to let them in. She's obviously now in in command of the ship with Kane and Dallas being off it, and she says no because there's twenty four hour quarantine. And and there's a big backwards and forwards, and then Kane, uh, sorry, Ash just goes, opens the door, <laughs> and they come. And so and, when you're watching that, are, are you thinking Sigourney's being unreasonable and Ash is the good guy? Well, it, it's very hard to say because. We now have the benefit of hindsight. We we know what what they're letting in, but watching it the first time, I can't remember whether I was thinking, "Gosh, she she's been a bit of a cow," and and yeah, let them in. You know, the, the, this the, the, this horrible thing happened. So it, it, it's very hard to say with the benefit of hindsight, isn't it? What you initially mm. felt. Um, so yeah, we get to this, <laughs> and again, I spoke to. Um, Veronica Cartwright about this and I think it's only in the director's cut where she slaps Sigourney Weaver yes, really does. hard yeah properly now, I think they, yeah now there was a couple bits where <clears throat> Ridley said because Sigourney would come down and sort of stand back a bit because she knew it was coming and uh, Veronica said this is about the only bit of directing he actually gave me um, she said he said look really give it all you got really whack up and you can see in that scene everybody's shocked 
you know Harry Dean Stanton is shocked even uh, Yafat Koto is is they they're sort of uh, uh, you're right you know sort of thing because they wasn't expecting the ferocity of that slap yeah. because they got used to the other ones and you can see uh, funny enough I'm looking at it now you can see Harry Dean Stanton holding Sigourney's arm as if to sort of keep them apart and looking as if to say, uh, was that supposed to happen? <laughs> yes, uh... <laughs> was it supposed to be like that? Yeah. yeah. And um, and I think there was another one uh, with Sigourney Weaver, was that the fact that um, uh, Yafet Koto was, gave her, it was instructed to annoy her, even off camera. Oh, okay. Which he hated because he really liked her. But they had to build this animosity, this and tension between get, the two. Yes, yeah. you, you get to see that as the story goes on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, that's quite interesting. The fact that you, you don't realise how what goes on. You think it's just a direction of thing, but to get those emotions and that that instant reaction to capture that on camera, mm. I suppose some directors they want that, but it yeah. could be quite destructive to relationships of. People Absolutely. want to work together with yeah, because, somebody. But, and, because these know. are actors who are doing a job, you know. Yeah. You don't want to bring personal feelings into the... But, I, uh, I suppose in a way, yeah, the actor would know, well, as I say, we're here to do a job. You've got the reaction you wanted out of me. I, I could have given it to you, but clearly I wasn't. Hmm. So this is your so, way around yeah, it to, to, to get it out of me, create I Create this scenario, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, this is obviously the scene where we, we get to know that the face hugger is feeding him oxygen. Yeah, um, and we have that lovely bit where uh, <laughs> it's like, should we just cut it off? Yeah. <laughs> let's let's try and cut it off, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> Good God! You know, you've got this acid going right through it's all e- the eating its way through ship. floors of the ship. Yes, yeah, yeah, and and of course they're going. My God, that could go all the way through that through the hull, you know, which would, which would end it all. So um, yeah, again, just. You know, to say this perfect organism that even if you try to attack it and to stop it doing what its purpose is, you you will come off worse because because you'll be covered in acid and just just amazing. Just the whole design of it is incredible, and and I I, I love that scene where. Where they trail it down and then f- finally it stopped and then Dallas asks Parker for his pen and yeah. then goes up and sticks it up there and brings it down and the end of the pen's completely voted away and then they, they, there's a bit of conversation and she just goes, oh, there's your pen back. So, listeners, do I tell him it was Brett rather than Parker or let him carry on? We'll let him carry on. And Parker just looks at his pen as if to go, oh, thanks very much. Yeah, he's melted the shit out of my pen. <laughs> because, Steve, it was a Parker pen. Oh. Oh, oh. oh no, it was Brett. That. <laughs> it wasn't Parker, it was Brett. <laughs> and there's definitely a sound effect going into that one, <laughs> oh dear so yeah and then there's there's bits where you get that and there's a little bit of a giggle for us for, for us as an audience but obviously they're, they're not very happy as the characters and yet we get that little bit of humor 
and it's nice. I think it breaks it up a little bit because it's yeah. a pretty intense film. Really. Well, well you see, because the thing is, it's quite a gentle start, isn't it? You know, it's it's oh, okay, you're finding out what's happened. You, you know, you you go to the thing, but but then the tension starts to ramp up, and it's like when, when he's down there with the eggs. You know, and you're thinking, "Oh my God, there's all these eggs. What's going to happen?" That's starting to ramp up the tension, um, and then when we carry on, you know, we will sort of get to the next tense scene. Um, with the, with the, so basically, yeah, when he's back on the ship, he's he's got the face hugger, on yes. and then you get the acid scene, and then of course, then it's come off. Yeah, but and, but, uh, but but then but then the, the, this is the next tense scene, which is the face huggers come off him, but they don't know where it is. And they're looking around the medical bay, and and it's teed up really nicely because you're thinking, oh my god, this thing's going to jump out and get one of them again, and you know, and it, it it's played really well, and and you've sort of got the thing where Dallas knocks over some sort of bin or something and makes cheap shot, and, what make, a cheap and shot, makes man. Ripley jump, but, but there's a great bit again where he turns around and goes. Sorry, you know? sorry. <laughs> so here we are looking for this alien that's just sat on our mate's face for twenty four hours, and I've just scared the shit out of you by knocking over a bin. <laughs> you know, it, j- j- just lovely little moments like that, just to sort of you know to make you jump, but then sort of make you laugh as well with the reaction yeah. to it. It's um, yeah, but that, but that released that released any tension you had for it then to go exactly the <laughs> then yeah, but you know, and, and then when it finally falls out onto Ripley and they realise that it's actually dead you know you know once it yeah. served its purpose then it dies um but yeah it's just you know the tension is starting to be ramped up isn't it it's uh Kane? Yeah. you okay i didn't see it was it in the other head what it's up there somewhere where did it go cover it with a oh, thing will you that's a reflex, actually. Well, we've got to have a look at this. And, and again, with that uh, with that model, it was organic stuff. It was an oyster. It was other yes, fish. Yes, that's it right. Of course, it was. Yeah, that's right. When 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 they're looking at almost the stomach, the underside of it. Yeah. Yeah, and they kind of had to do scenes really quick because the. The, the the ingredients, if you want to call it that, would, would go, off, go off very quickly smelling under, under the, the lights. lights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the, we then have, I think, there's two bits where Ash is talking to um, Captain Dallas when he says, you know, I think uh, Kane, you need to come and look at Kane. And they say, well, what, what is it? It's, what's the problem? It's, oh, it's, just, it's interesting. Yeah, you know, you think what? Yes, <laughs> and of course he's sitting up. He's quite. He's quite jovial um he's saying you know i had a dream about smothered yeah smothering yeah and, yeah. yeah and of course they're looking and, and <clears throat> ash is quite observant of mm. what he's doing and he he does seem similar at the table later when obviously uh, kane says i want to get some decent food yeah and then we get to the We'll, we'll, anyway, we'll skip this bit. Let's let's go on to. <laughs> <laughs> so at the end, we... <laughs> but yeah, but 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 while the rest of them are there thinking, oh thank God, Kane's okay, and then in the next scene, oh my God, what's happening to Kane? Ash is there almost in an observational 
way he's sort of taking it all in and thinking oh okay what's this what's happening here what you know how is he what's happened kind of thing so yeah there's the clinical side to him you know the 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 unhuman side to him shall we say where it's all he's he's just assessing data rather than reacting in a in in a human empathetic manner to what this person's just been through speaking of reactions (laughs) <laughs> when we actually, when this theme comes out, yeah, um, it was obviously noted that um, half of John Hurt was under the table, yeah, and they tried to keep it as much of a secret as possible, yes. But it wasn't the the the, uh, the thing wasn't done in one scene. Uh, first of all, they said that the actual alien wouldn't come out properly, which is in the movie because you see it burst, yes, yeah, so it's sort of half, half burst out, and you get some blood that so, doesn't come through. Yeah, so yeah. they had to stop it reset it and then it's that second scene where when, the shit hits the fan <laughs> well, well well the shit, the shit 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 pretty much hits veronica cartwright doesn't yeah. it? <laughs> <laughs> and her reaction is just oh it's fantastic superb. isn't it she's so, and, and, and that is that entirely that... real i mean she is that payback for slapping Sigourney, <laughs> Probably, though? Probably, yeah. <laughs> but God, she freaks out, doesn't she? Absolutely. What's the matter? The food ain't that bad, baby. Are you chill for your Yeah, I mean that that whole scene. I say it's just such an iconic. It, you know, it's a movie classic, and 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 as I say, it made this film's reputation. You know, but, but before you'd seen it, it was all, oh, there's a scene where an alien bursts out of someone's chest. You know, and John Hurt plays it really well because, of course, he's he's eating his noodles, he's 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 loving it, and then he starts to choke, and everybody goes, "Oh, slow down, you're all right." And then, of course, they realise he's in pain, lie down, they're trying to get the spoon in his teeth to stop him biting his tongue off. That's right. And then, bang! This thing bursts out of his chest and performs a little song and dance number and uh, scoots off in. Hello, my baby. Spaceballs. Oh, is it? Okay, I'm sorry. Hello, my baby. Hello, my girl. Oh no, not again. Oh, here's a 
order for the soup. Good move. doesn't diminish it because it's Mel Brooks and you think yeah take the mic out but it's still fantastic it doesn't damage it no at all absolutely well you couldn't because as, as I say it's such an iconic piece of movie history history yeah, yeah. and it's uh, all of their reactions are pinpoint you know that it feels so real mm. with the fact they weren't expecting that to happen and but again, they're Rocks. all looking absolutely horrified. Not only yes. at the fact that this alien's come out, but the fact it's just come out of their friend. Apart from Ash, who's looking as if to say, that was amazing! <laughs> <laughs> but again, I don't know, I always felt, and, and my mum brought this up, um, probably the first time when we ever watched it, was the fact that when he's all wrapped up, and Dallas says before they're about to inject him into space does anybody want to say something yeah nobody does i i feel so i've always taken that as as the fact that when you've just seen an alien burst out your friend's chest and kill them what on earth is there to say you know they're 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 all still in shock and and to me it's more poignant because he says does anybody want to say anything complete silence okay let's just jettison him you know, let's just fire him out because what can you say? You know, the most horrific thing has just happened to your crew. And, well, the, the most horrific thing to that point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Little did they know. Absolutely. <laughs> that, they think they're all they're all about to go searching for this tiny little chicken-sized alien. Yes. But no. <laughs> I'm afraid it's going to be worse than that. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, the uh, and again we get that. Would you call it a little bit of humour when obviously um, Brett lets Jonesy go? Yes, because they're trying to look for him, and it's like Mr. Cat, exactly. And it's like, yeah, I know, I but we've got to find him, otherwise we might pick him up again. Yes, this is it. Like, okay. But again, that's one of those great because the whole thing from here on out becomes a haunted house movie, doesn't it? It's uh, you know you don't know what's around the next corner, you know, but. But, of course, the great thing is that the crew and the audience, certainly the first time you're watching it, all think they're looking for this tiny little thing. So you think, okay, it's nasty, it's come out of somebody's chest, but it's only tiny. You know, you know, we can find this and we can blow it out. And But then you have the great haunted house trope of, uh, right, okay, we're all going around together, we're in two groups of three, Oh, the cat's just run out. You go off on your own and find the cat. <laughs> you know, it's it it's that great thing, you know, and the audience is going, Don't go off on your own You know, it's um but but of course, you know, you you are lulled into a sense of security because you don't realise these things just grown to six foot eight. 
and, yeah. and shedded its skin and turned big and black and nasty. And well, funny enough, that was always a problem with me with the later films that the gestation period of the facehugger to the chestburster was shortened yes. so much. Yes. And yet, if you consider the time between the chestbuster, chestburster, and the actual alien in the first film, yeah, is quite short. Yes. Absolutely. For that to get to that size, you know, Kane's son, he's big, he's huge. Yeah, you know, yeah, um, yeah. Because that that is another scene where, again, you talk about them ramping up the tension. You know, when they're looking and it's Jonesy, and you have a bit of a jump scare, and then they send Brett off on his on on his own. That's when it starts to get very tense because you're starting to think, "Oh, gold, here we go." And of course, yeah. there's that amazing scene where. He's, he, he's in the uh, you know there's that sort of a little vehicle thing isn't it and you've got all the chains hanging down and he takes his cap off and you've got all the water raining down and he takes his cap off and sort of lets the water drip on his face and then you get a shot up almost a POV from him and you just see the alien hanging there but of course, yes. but of course you don't you it's know like, but yeah. we, we haven't seen the alien to this point so so for the first time you're you know you have no idea that could just be some of their kit or something you don't know this thing it's only subsequent views that you go see look it's hanging there right above him you know know. it's there (laughs) you know just just brilliant but of course you know let's say you know for um uh for for is it giger or geiger i never know but Geiger. Geiger. geiger but his his design is just brilliantly horrific isn't it it's just oh absolutely it's absolutely. just amazing but again when you've got a spaceship like this that's full of pipes and god knows what else you know this thing can easily camouflage itself it's like again jumping towards the end when when it's on the shuttle and yeah and ripley is right in front of it and doesn't realize what it is doesn't realize that's not part of the shuttle because it could be it's just a yeah. a black shiny like, smooth yeah. thing you know and it's right. li- yeah. literally three feet from her face and yet she doesn't recognize it and that's the great thing of it you know and of course all those sort of funny pipe things coming at its back as well it's, yeah uh, um, yeah amazing design absolutely fantastic well, we get the. Um, there's a little bit in the director's cut. There's a little bit more blood, isn't there? Because it drains down. Yes. On, yeah. It's sort of um, onto Parker. <coughs> Parker. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Because he goes Brett. Because of course they come in just as he's been taken up. That's um, right. Because yeah. of course, yeah, the, the teeth come out, and of course the teeth out the mouth bit as well is is absolutely amazing. So you've got the outer mouth opens, and the inner mouth comes out with the teeth, and that can, can go straight into a head or anything, you know, and. And yeah, and they come in just to that, and you know, are shouting his name, and then suddenly, you know, it's not just water raining down; it's blood as it's well. Blood. So, mm. fantastic, amazing.
one thing that I did want to ask you is when Brett is looking for Jones and he's walking along and he goes, um, you know, saying, hey, hey, kitty, kitty, hey, kitty and then he goes, kitty, Jones, kitty. and then he goes, meow. Uh, is is that in the script I'm sure you've got a version of the script somewhere did he improvise that or or, or was that actually scripted that he should meow I I think well that's true Um, because I love that bit I I love it when he just goes Jonesy meow he actually meows at uh, the cat (laughs) and then he goes kitty crap (laughs) (laughs) but yeah I I wasn't sure because I'm sure you would have, sure. have a book with I, a script in it somewhere, and I just wasn't I think sure I if there do, was a bit. I where haven't it looked says, at that. Right. Yeah. No, I'll have to. I'll have to have a look. But I know there was quite quite an amount that was ad libbed on. Yeah. At the time yeah. when there was filming. Because of course, so. there's that great scene again before, or obviously before he gets killed, when he finds the skin that's been yes, shedded. The, yes. So, so like, sort of pick, picks up, and therefore, yeah, you can see that. Oh my God! This thing Something's, has shedded its skin. What's it? Yeah. What does it look like now? What's it become? So again, we go into a bit of a uh, a tense scene with the whole crew, thinking it's gone into the vents. How do yeah. we? You know, who's going to go in? <clears throat> and I think Ripley says, "I'll go in," but of course, Dallas says, "No, I'll go in." Yeah, and he sort of and pairs the rest of them off, doesn't he? So he says, "Yeah, you you've know, got you've... that lovely crunchy sound of the." The, yes, the vents opening. The vents the, closing, and closing and opening. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, Ripley. Ready? But th- th- there is one scene when Dallas is in there, and obviously he's got the flamethrower. Lambert is operating the motion detector so that she can sort of try and tell where, where the alien is. Um, there's one scene where Dallas is crawling, or Tom Skerritt, let's say, is crawling along as Dallas. And he's got his headset on, just like you have now, and it falls off. And yeah. it falls off, and he picks it up and puts it back on just as he delivers a line. And and I'm guessing that was just an accident, and yep. he had to quickly. And they thought, oh, okay, well that yep. well that looks 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 authentic. So we'll keep it in. Yeah, it just shows you the talents of of all these actors. They just they just they're just superb. Yeah, yeah. And it just and, and I think that brings it's, it's not formulaic. It's not a case of everything just feels real. You know, you, you would be like that. You're in a constricted thing. You know, he's got stuff on his back. He's trying to carry something. Stuff yeah. like that. It's good enough. I mean, how many times do you? How many times do I catch the mic? Indeed. <laughs> yeah, whack the mic like. and scare the life out of me. Yes. <laughs> Accidentally, so you tell me. Of yes. course. Oh yes. Yes. <laughs> when we do the Halloween films, it will be accidental. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there is that slight bit with. Um, Dallas, where I think he, he the light just catches the head of the alien when he's looking around before right. the big reveal. Before he turns back, yeah, sort of behind and him, sort of, you see it reaching out for him. Yeah, yeah. And I, I like the fact that we, first of all, that was it. That was the last we saw. Yes. Um, obviously, but, subsequently, we, we we know there's a bit more. But, but there's also that great feedback sound isn't there over mm. the you know you know over the headsets where it suddenly goes you know and, and they're all like oh my god and Dallas Dallas you know and, and then of course the next scene is Doom Parker oh. slamming down the flamethrower and going it was just this no blood this. 
no Dallas. No body. Nobody yeah. yet. No body. <laughs> yeah. Just, uh, yeah. And, and again, there's done. that argument where it's like, what are you going to do? And Ripley's going, just, you know, listen, just wait a minute. Wait a minute. You yeah. know, I'm going to sort it out. Yeah. Yeah. It's sort of thing. She's obviously realised she's in charge, but the rest yeah. of them are just freaking out. I mean, Lambert yeah. is obviously coming apart of the seams. Uh, Parker's just pissed off. And just wants, just to, wants to find it and kill, kill it. it and take yeah. it out. Absolutely. And Ashley's well, like, oh, I'm loving this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm still collating. Yes, indeed. indeed. <laughs> what are you doing yeah. with Mother? I was still collating. And, and um, yeah, I mean, um, Lambert, she wants to go in the shuttle. Yeah. But what Ripley's saying is there's not enough room for all yeah. of us in that yeah. yet. yet. It, it won't take so, four. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's talk about killing it. We know it's using the air shafts. Will you listen to me, Parker? Shut up! Hear it. It's using the air shafts. That's that. the only way. We'll move in pairs. We'll go step by step and cut off every bulkhead and every vent until we have it cornered, and then we'll blow it the fuck out into space. Is that acceptable to you? It means killing it. Acceptable. Obviously, it means killing it. But we have to stick together. How are our weapons? The weapons are fine. This one needs refueling. Will you get it, please? Ash, go with him. No, no, I can manage Ash. Don't follow me. Ash? Any suggestions from you or Mother? No, we're still collecting. <laughs> you what? You're still collating? I find that hard to believe. What would you like me to do? Just what you've been doing, Ash. Nothing. I've got access to Mother now, and I'll get my own answers. Thank you. Yes, and now, of course, we leave into the sorry, lead into the great Ash reveal. So obviously, she she, she finds out that it's she got she's got her access to Mother. Yes, and she finds out that it was crew expendable, and. Um, he has been orchestrating, or at least taking keep taking care of the the alien, making sure that it's all right. Yeah, protecting uh, it, protecting it, and not helping them really that much. Yeah, and I think but, there's that but, bit but then there. there's that great scene where she finds out what objective nine three seven is, and then can't believe it and sits back, and then Ash just appears beside <laughs> her, doesn't he? And it's like, oh There's my an god! Explanation for all of this. Oh my god! I mean, what a beautiful scene! You know, you don't even come in; he just suddenly appears. His face suddenly comes forward next to hers. Fantastic. And there's a bit there with um, I can't remember if it's a bit. Oh yeah, it's a bit before when there's a little dribble of of, milk of the blood. His, yes, yeah. his, his blood. <clears throat> which, and which again, I'm, I'm I'm not sure because before the reveal. She's pissed off at him, and she slams in against the wall. Yes. And, and after that, that's when he starts behaving erratically. And I'm not sure yes. whether what she's done to him has damaged him in some way. So that because, because of course, you start to get you know you get the one big bit of white blood, um, but then you also get a couple of bits that are like sweat. But sweat. he also starts twitching yeah. and yeah. sort of behaving strangely. And yeah, there's a bit. I don't there know whether she we... damaged him. Yeah, there's a bit there where. Um... We, we uh, what I've read is because he's 
this reveal that comes up that he's not human he doesn't have certain body parts and the reason why he rolls up that magazine and puts it into a mouth hmm. is more sexual right okay than than suffocation and Jeez. that's his way of thinking that this is the only way I'm going to be able to do it right okay. sort of thing and again you get that scene where the camera comes back hits that um bouncy thing, the hanging toy. thing, yeah. And the fact that he's holding onto a hair, yes, literally pulls the hair out. Yeah, she tears the hair out of her head. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and as I say, so she's lying on this, lying on this couch thing in this small room, and uh, sort of. Well, he's uh, sort of thrown her up. there, isn't he? And she, yeah, she, he he he's thrown her. Back. He threw her into a wall, then he yes. throws her down on her back. And the thing is, he's obviously these are obviously the sort of personal pods of each crew member and they're clearly in the pod of either Brett or Parker Parker, because yeah. it not only has pictures of naked women on the wall yeah. but also adult magazines and it's yes. one of those that he picks it up so he isn't yes. just shoving a copy of, yeah. of Hello magazine down he's actually got a <laughs> pornographic ma- exactly he's actually getting a <laughs> pornographic magazine and ramming it into her mouth which uh, yes there's the, a bit um, there where, where Parker tries to get him and he's, his hand comes yeah, up yeah he sort of grabs his, his chest digging, isn't he digging. yeah right into his and, chest oh I really feel that yeah. you know and, and that's played so well by both of them yeah. To think, oh, that's that's really got to hurt. That if you even if you do that to yourself, and you think, well, if you continued to do that, yeah, that pain and, would be and with so the intense. strength of an android rather than a human, exactly. Um, yeah. So Parker and Lambert rush in, try and drag Ash off her, off Ripley. Um, can't. He's too strong for them, and he's only a little yeah. guy, and he loves the little guy. The little guy. <laughs> I love the little guy. <laughs> Oh, that's a movie we've got to do. Oh, um, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and and yeah, and then of course, so Parker starts hitting him with what looks like a fire extinguisher or something. Yeah, and because he spins around the room, yeah, yes, brain white stuff out, yeah. and then he whacks him and virtually takes his head off, and that's when they realise. And there's another bit of music with that as he hits that, you get that. Yes, music bit as it's like whoa, and yeah. it's yeah. I remember um, watching that through through but, extended. But, but even then, you know, the the thing still won't die because, um, you know, you know when it's lying there with its head off and sort of Parker yeah. goes down to grab it and it grabs him again and he's on top of him. Yeah, that's right. The old, the old chop, chop, chopping why, arms. Why those hands are like that? I don't know. Whether it's just like a a, a default position for the hands yes, if the head yes, comes I off. Don't I don't know, but. but um, but yeah, yeah, and then then finally they they uh, well um, Lambert hits it with the um, with the cattle prod, doesn't yes. she? To actually yeah. finally take it down, and then there's yeah. that great scene where they to try and find out what's going on, they turn the head back on, and and you know you've got the bit where they're connecting it, and then she you know sort of fires something and then pulls it down, and then the second pull down is actually <laughs> Ian Home coming up through the floor, and it's a great scene because of course they go you know Ash. Ash and it's Ash, and then his eyes pop open, but then he does that great thing and goes, and all the white the, stuff the, comes out of his mouth, and he must have he, held that he, in there for ages. It was milk, and he hates milk. Really, absolutely hates milk. And hated. Yeah, that was all they could hated. Well, yeah, hated. Yeah. But and, he, and again, it's like, what do these actors go through to give yeah. us that scene? It was something that that is iconic, and yet, you know, you imagine. I don't like that. Well, you can. You, 
You've yeah, got to do it exactly. for the scene. You've got, okay. to, you've got, you've got a was, copper mouthful and spit it back out again. It was spaghetti, spaghetti and cheap caviar. Right. Bits that were in his head. Yeah, all the little yeah but he's got, yeah, he's got just the white stuff all crusty all over his head. And, yeah. And of course, yeah, so, so he then says, you know, what what's going on? And then ends with the, with Iconic. the um, amazing line. <laughs> go, go on. That's all, folks. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you find it was the, 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 that's all, folks. <laughs> Again, uh, yeah, the fact that he, you know, uh, Lambert says, you, you admire it, and he goes, yeah, well, I, I admire its purity, mm. you know, and it's like, you know, no conscious, you know, anything. Uh, the fact that even in his position... He's defiant to the last and gives a nice smile with the fact that, you know, you have, you know, I can't lie to you about your chances, chances but, you, but you, you have, have my sympathies. sympathies. Oh, and so then, and oh. then smiles, and then jing, and, 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 and they disconnect and it's frozen, you know, him with a smile. <laughs> it's, uh, and then, of course, Parker just torches him with a flamethrower before as he's walking out the door. No, just, just a brilliant scene, but what a great line, you know. Yeah. I, I can't say much for your chances, but but you have my sympathy. My Brilliant, and that's it. Because it's like this thing is going to take yeah. you out. You can't <laughs> avoid it. It's the perfect killing machine. There's got to be a way of killing it. How? How do we do it? You can't. That's bullshit. You still don't understand what you're dealing with, do you? Perfect organism. It's structural. Perfection is matched only by its hostility. You admire it. I admire its purity. Survival. Being clouded by conscience, remorse, or delusions of morality. Look, I don't... I've heard enough of this, and I'm asking you to pull the plug. Last word. What? I can't lie to you about your chances, but you have my sympathies. And that's what I've always loved. I think, you know, you can take your predators, you, you can have them. To me, the alien is the perfect killing machine. You know, the thing that, um, you know... Just ask Drake in in Aliens. Even if you shoot this thing and blow it up, it, you know the the collateral damage will kill you anyway. So uh, yes, you know, you know, it's, <laughs> for, for for something this nasty to have acid for blood. Fantastic. Well, funny you mentioned the the Predator. It was they did try to make it translucent first of all, but they couldn't make it. They did, they didn't have the technology then, and of course the translucent invisibility bit was used for Predator. Yeah, right, okay. Right. It's it, it meant to be shared again in the same universe. Yeah. So. Yes, yeah, so so and then there were three. Yes. Um so you've got I was going to say Ripley has to find Jonesy again. Well, well, do, well you see this <laughs> this he, is, is he... This is the dark yeah. thing and again it's about it's about ramping up the tension obviously at this point. But the fact is, if you know there's an alien, you have a flamethrower and you've got some stuff to do. You know, you have to prep the shuttle. 
you have to get the stuff to allow you to breathe on the shuttle when you when you make make your getaway. Why would you split up to do that? If you've got a flamethrower, one of you keeps an eye out with a flamethrower, the other do do the do the bits that need to be done. And yet Ripley goes off to prep the shuttle and the other two go off to get the get the canisters. And make a lot of noise. Yes, of course. Ding, <laughs> ding, ding. And and then, of course, Ripley, while she's prepping the shuttle, hears the cat and, and decides that getting the cat off the ship is more important than doing what she's supposed to be doing and therefore helping to protect the other two. Um, and again, you know, there's a, you aren't sure where the alien's going to show up. They ramp up the tension so that, you know, and there's that great thing where Ripley's looking for the cat and then suddenly the chair moves. And, yep. and, and therefore you're thinking... <laughs> Was that the cat or was that the alien? <laughs> you know, and and of course it turns out that it's Parker it's and Lambert who are the ones who encountered the alien, just by a shadow. Yes, yeah. So you, you just see the lights the, on, the lights on Lambert, and then yeah. the, the the body moves across, and you cast the shadow, and 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 they can both see him. Of course, Parker's still got the flamethrower, but Lambert and and you know Veronica Cartwright plays terrified absolutely brilliantly because she's 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 frozen stiff she she can't yes, move she's she, so scared that that sound she makes i think is her having a heart attack at the end right she okay. literally has a heart attack now fear. now again you see I, there and and again we'll, we'll we'll do the bit so parker so yeah parker is saying to her get away get away because he's got the flamethrower and he can torch it but but why but, didn't he but but well because because it's standing because they... right in front of Lambert, yeah. and were they but having a thing? Exactly. Yes, sure. Yes. But, yeah. but but even then, when there's three of you, you obviously don't want to torch the alien and one of your friends. And so he's saying, "Get out of the way." She's literally frozen stiff, you know, just terrified. And so when he he then decides to attack it, it knocks him away. Teeth come out. Bang! Take him out. But then you've got the bit where it doesn't just turn around and kill Lambert. It's, you've got that scene where the tail goes between her legs and starts sort of moving up her thigh. And it's another sort of almost rapey thing. And again, I don't want to keep bringing up rape, but, but you're talking about, you know, the whole face hugger thing. Then you're talking about what Ash did to Ripley with the magazine. And now you're talking about because... When and and then you come away from Lambert, and all you hear is the sound which Ripley can hear over her headset when she's running back. But Lambert is kind of going, <laughs> and it's kind of you know, and you're thinking, oh my god, what is actually going on here? And it's interesting you saying, I think she had a heart attack because cer- certainly there are times when I've seen it. I thought, is it actually doing something to her? Is 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 there a sexual element to this? I don't know. Is it? You know, and 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 it's very uncomfortable. It isn't. It it's yeah. a, it, it, it's a nasty moment. You know.
in reality, when you look at that scene again, when that towel is going between the legs, mm. they're not Lambert's legs. Whose legs are they then? They're Brett's. Brett's? Yes, they used the scene from earlier on and put that in. Oh, okay. So, again... So they are supposed to be to Lambert's legs, but, yes. but they actually used the footage of Brett. Which kind of means, in the script, was it a sexual thing towards another man yeah. being Brett? Yeesh. Yeah. don't know, but it works... Well, I say works, it, it sort of... But I, I have felt that she did. She was so, so scared that she literally just, you know, just died there on the spot. Because when... You know, you get some horrible sounds coming, which ending in a double scream and then silence. And then Ripley arrived and she's looking around and she's all seeing this shit is is the alien here. And she's looking around and then she spots them both. And then you just see a very quick shot and it's Parker on the floor slumped down. And Lambert is obviously hanging from something because you just see her feet. Yeah. But her, her feet are bare. She's not wearing her, ah. which again made me think, oh, is there, is there been some removal of clothing here? Because, because she has bare feet. Because in that scene, she's wearing her full uniform. She's wearing a t-shirt thing. She's wearing her trousers. She's wearing her sort of booty trainer things. And yet when you see, you've got Park in the background and you've got hanging in the foreground, Lambert's bare feet. Yeah. Ripley now goes and starts the self-destruct thing, which effectively is shutting down the cooling system so that the ship overheats and will explode. So she does that. She then... And it's ten minutes till detonation and five minutes... T-minus five minutes until you can shut it down. Yeah. Turn it off so it doesn't self-destruct. She then grabs Josie, makes her way to the shuttle turns the corner and there's the alien in the in the corridor that goes down to the shuttle so she drops jonesy and sort of goes back and runs back and thinks oh my god i can't get in the shuttle i've got to turn this to, off. turn yeah. off the self-destruct does it with literally seconds to go but mother says you know detonation <laughs> will will happen in t minus five, five minutes and so she says, mother you bitch you know and smashes <coughs> the screen yeah, I, and I, then, and then, my mother's only in that one screen. Yeah. But. <laughs> and then has to make her way back, thinking, well, this thing's going to blow up. I've got to try to get to the shuttle anyway. Yeah. Goes yeah. back to the shuttle. Alien's gone. And the alien had looked down and seen Jonesy in the carry box or carry case thing and had knocked it sideways. And you're thinking, oh, God, is yeah. it attacked Jonesy? But Jonesy's still there. Jonesy's alive. So Ripley makes her way slowly down this corridor, gets onto the shuttle, and... And and they all live happily ever after. <laughs> well, there's a theory. So obviously, there you think everything's fine and dandy. She gets off. She's then um, she gets undressed. Did she get undressed then, or is it after? She that? does. Oh, she goes. She does. She goes on. Um, she 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 gets away. So she basically starts the shuttle, and the shuttle takes off, and then the Nostromo explodes. Two or three times, two or three big explosions. There was two things where where she got undressed in the original script. She was meant to be naked, right. and the alien was meant to look at her 
through glass or something and start playing with itself. Oh, God. And it was like, th- thankfully, that was all cut. They decided just, not to no. do that. No, yeah. no, no, and no, it's like, no. No, it just would not have worked. No. So, again, it's this very sexual thing. Yeah. But, to get past this, when you've noticed the the alien in the shuttle is a slightly different colour. Oh, is it? So, he's been quite dark black when he was first sort of born as a, you know, man-sized thing. And he's slightly grey. Yes, that's right. And he's he's in the shuttle. People sometimes think he's very clever, or it's very clever, um, he's got in the shuttle to find her and get her. No. He was sitting in the shuttle, potentially, because he was going to die. He'd done what he had to do mm-hmm. with 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 everything that was needed. He'd set up... Obviously, we skipped this bit. He set up the eggs with Dallas and Brett. Yeah. <clears throat> so they were going to be the next sort of things to turn into aliens with the facehuggers his life as an alien was coming to an end and if you notice that he doesn't he doesn't actually attack her until she provokes him by doing the the jets yes and that's the theory that people have had that he probably wouldn't have done he probably could have died on the shuttle because there's one he's got such a quick lifespan such a short lifespan I should say now, see, I I didn't read it like that, and 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 the reason being that so she gets on the shuttle, strips down to her undies, starts setting everything, you know, puts Jonesy Sleep. in the yep. in the life support thing, um, which again, you know, when when you first see it, you think, oh, why is she putting Jonesy in it now? There's only one life support thing. Why is she putting Jonesy in it now when she needs to go in it in a minute? But obviously, ha- had she not, Jonesy would have been sucked out into space. So, uh, yes. so um, and so yeah, and she then starts prepping it, and then you you can obviously see the alien right in front of her, and then the hand pops out and finds yes, a life out of her. Right. She then backs up, goes into like a little cupboard thing, gets into the space suit, and then obviously has a plan, right, I, I I need to get rid of this thing. Sets up a little sort of mini harpoon gun. Um, but one thing I don't get is she then go, comes out, straps herself into the seat, and start, opens a little thing on the console and starts pressing the jets to, again, antagonise the alien and make it get out because she needs it to come out. But while while she knows the alien's there and she's locked herself in the cupboard before she puts the spaceship on, she's watching it, and there's a great moment where the alien yawns and the, the, the inside mouth, doesn't it, comes out and goes, yes. ah, and uh. open. And, and then closes in, yeah. and then comes back in. And I think, what a great thing for the... that When the alien yawns, its little inside teeth come out and do the yawning. And if it's yawning, I don't think it's dying. I yeah. I it's think... Asleep, asleep. Yeah, I, yeah, I just think that it thought, right, okay, I've killed a load of people. Oh, there's a nice little comfy thing in here. I'm, I'm going to go in and have a kip and hadn't realised that it was on a shuttle and that somebody else was going to join it on it. Why would it yawn if it was dying? You yeah, know, you, you know. To me, it was having a kip. Um, it's like, 
and and, and just had like two for juices and just felt you know, <laughs> a little but, bit lethargic. But, but again, so, so 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 when she's strapped into the seat, she antagonises the alien. The alien comes out. She starts singing the old Lucky Star song. Yeah, she that was improvised, and she thought, "Oh, I know, I'm going to cost the production team a lot, <laughs> a lot of, of money, money to have to pay for the rights to of, this." Song. Oh yes, um, yes, they weren't happy about that. At but all. but but what I don't get is, so she's sitting there looking at the alien. The alien is obviously starting to come out and he's going, because it's getting sprayed with this stuff. What she wants to, to do is the alien to come towards her, for her to then bang, hit the hit the um, airlock, you know, the door opens, the alien gets sucked out, she hits it with a harpoon gun and the alien goes off into space. One thing I did always wonder though was obviously she, she sees the alien, puts the spacesuit on, straps herself into the... Um, chair knowing that she's got this plan to get it out of the shuttle so she gets the harpoon gun ready opens up the console starts setting the jets the jet then hits the one that's got the alien in it alien starts you know comes out and she obviously then wants to be attacked so she then turns her back on it. She spins the chair round. And it's only when she looks very out, out the corner of the visor that she sees the alien is literally there poised to attack her. Would it not have made more sense for her to have just stayed facing the alien? Because the alien would have sort of come round and then you can do that. I don't get the idea of why she needed the alien to creep up behind her. I think she was trying to get it because it was that way round anyway. If you noticed that every time he uses the, it uses the inner teeth, it's in front of its prey. So it goes through the front of the head, or the top of the head, or... Right. So I'm wondering if that's the way she perceived that he would want to come round her to get to him, to be in front of her. So in doing that, as it got to the the back when she looked at him, she knew his, he was in the right position to He's literally go right straight out the door. To, to get go out the door. Rather than oh, okay. sides yeah, cool. of the door. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, so she then, the, the alien's there, she then hits the door control, door pops open, everything gets sucked out, including the alien, it's holding onto the door, she then hits it with the harpoon gun, um, which sends it flying into space, but obviously it that, that then pulls the gun out of her hands, and as the door comes back down again, it gets the gun gets caught in the door, so the alien is still attached to the craft. Um, she's now looking out the window at it. It's now trying to get back into the ship, but fortunately, it goes into one of the uh, engines or one of the boosters. So she then hits the engines. Engines fire. Alien gets fried, and, and we, uh, we relax. <laughs> yes, yeah, and fired, fired into space. And again, we then get the relaxing music again. That's right. Uh, you know, the, it, the film begins as it ends with the relaxing, everything is going to be okay music. It's just the absolute hellhole that happened in between those two <laughs> sets of music that has uh, made, made the film as iconic as it is. Final report of the commercial starship Nostromo. Third officer reporting. The other members of the crew, Kane, Lambert, Parker... Brett, Ash, and Captain Dallas are dead. Cargo and ship destroyed. I should reach the frontier in about six weeks. 
With a little luck, the network will pick me up. This is Ripley, last survivor of the Nostromo. Signing off. Um, there's a couple of bits that the, the script did not have any gender specified for any of the characters. So oh, okay. whoever they casted, they could they could do what they want with the with the characters. Right. Yeah, because I I did read once that that uh, the surviving character was originally intended to be a man. That's right. And it was it was it was only sort of that they then decided to make it Ripley. That's right. Yeah, they sort of spun the stereotype on their head. So because you literally just had the, the Halloween film, you had the, the woman in peril, and that's what yes. they wanted to do. They wanted to turn that round, which is good. Yeah, yeah. The the, the alien doesn't turn up um, for about an hour and ten minutes, and it's only gets like four minutes screen time. Oh wow! Yeah. Uh, but in Jaws, Jaws fully isn't seen for an hour and twenty minutes. And only gets four minutes screen time. Ah, interesting. Less is more, exactly. obviously. That's what they yeah. need to learn in these new ones. <laughs> yes, need indeed. To see them. Yes. This is it. It's all about building up the tension. It, it, it's the fact that you know this thing's out there and creeping down a corridor or through a haunted house or wherever. The tension is knowing that it's going to appear and 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 do something, and therefore you. You know, you you have the tension of the ten minute build up to the appearance. Therefore, it isn't all about the appearance; it's about putting the audience on edge by knowing something's going to happen, but not knowing when. So, That's right. uh, That's right. yeah, a, a lesson to be learned. Um, there was a, it's a shame, but when the film premiered, uh, you had certain bits of the set that you had to walk through to get to the uh, cinema screen, and oh. part of that was the space jockey set. So, oh, you literally, wow. you had the one that was actually used in the film. Uh, but unfortunately, two or three days into the premiere, it was set on fire by a religious group, thinking that it was more to do with the devil than anything else. No. Yep. So it was completely. That was the original set piece, completely destroyed. Uh, into uh, this, a, a fun fact: in 2019, uh, students of the North uh, Bergen High School in New Jersey adapted the film into a play, oh. and uh, they didn't have a very big budget, but they'd done a really good job. Of of just adapting it and and the sets were really good, and it went viral. And Ridley Scott heard about this, sent money to the school so they could do an encore. And when they put put the encore on, suddenly Sigourney Weaver turned up to watch it. No, yeah, oh, that's amazing. So, oh, brilliant! You sounded really sincere then. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing, that is. That's amazing. Thanks, Steve. I didn't know that fact at all. I can't believe that. I I love Steve's interesting facts. So, um, yep, this is such a brilliant movie. I could watch it time and time again. I love it because it still makes me cringe in certain places. 
Um, obviously, the shock value is gone because you know what's coming, but you get to appreciate the sets, the music, the timing, the great actors. You know, some of the scenes where you know it was just on the fly. But what I what I love about this film is that even when you know what's coming, it doesn't make it any less visceral. It doesn't make it any less shocking. I mean, that chestburster scene, I must have seen it a hundred times. It doesn't make me go, oh, it's only the chestburster scene. There's still something about it that's deeply horrible and, and so brilliantly done. And, 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 and therefore you just appreciate everything about it. And I think that for a film that you've seen so many times to still have the impact on the audience that it does speaks volumes for you know for, for, for how good a piece of filmmaking it was yeah but I do think that character is quite innocent in the fact that you know he wants to just investigate things and look around and he I don't know he just dies horribly for his his passion yeah of, of what he wants to do and so sad really in certain parts because you especially when you you see the character up to that point because you know what's going to happen yeah, and you yeah, can see absolutely. the innocence in his, you know, his his actions and his reactions. But I think you know they're all kind of like that. You know, they're they're all apart from Ash, they're all reacting to this thing, and therefore, you know, this is this is just you know a a a a crew who who are doing a job, and therefore, you know, you know that they they kind of all lose their innocence through, through through this because none of them were anticipating having to deal with this sort of thing. No, that they trusted their employees. Yeah, who completely sidelined them, Sc- for screwed a, them over for a profit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, but it, it is funny, you know. Certainly, sort of one question we've always asked amongst our group of friends is. Which do you prefer, alien or aliens? Um, and and I think you know your answer to that question it sort of depends on what sort of film you like. This is very much a a haunted house horror kind of film, whereas Aliens is much more of a of an action, you know, you know, gung ho, you know, do you, Marine, you know, the fact that Marines it's, in it's space sort of thing, right? yes, yeah. yeah, precisely because you know, you know, the Marines are there to do a job and yet they don't realize it what they're coming up against and of course there's lots of aliens so yeah it, it is funny you know but both amazing films but um but but yeah it sort of very much does does dictate the sort of thing you like do you like action or do you like quiet building tension you know it, because you know that you know for, for for the same subject matter they are both very very different films and both equally amazing yeah and i like the fact that we both appreciate both of them so we can absolutely, really, you know, appreciate that build up as well as just straight out popcorn. You know, yeah, in your face. Game over, absolutely. man. Game over. Game over. <laughs> Which <laughs> will be coming up in the next episode. So, hurrah! Ooh, thank you very much for joining me. Have you got any last words, Graham? Ah, uh, not really. I think we've said everything that needs to be said. Um, just an iconic film and thank you Wrigley Scott um you know the the, the repeated viewings that I've had of over the, of this film over the years um have given me so much entertainment continually absolutely. absolutely thanks for listening we hope you both enjoyed it if you did please subscribe so you never miss a new episode you can hear us on apple and google podcast iheartradio podbeam and from our website www.downthebackofthesofas.com 
or you can even ask your Amazon Echo device to play down the back of the sofa's podcast and we'll be there. You can contact us via our website or Facebook page or our email address is dtbots77 at gmail.com and our Twitter account is at dtbots, D-T-B-O-T-S, down the back of the sofas. Thank you very much and we will both be speaking soon about the sequel, Aliens. Yes. Mm. Cheerio. Bye.